Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? Remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was oh, down on yeah, basic glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned them into plastic. You, you want to see something really scary? Welcome, everybody, to Zoning Out. I'm Christopher Feinstein. John Sachs. Frank Bonacci. Kenneth. Janet, ah, Rooker, and Judd. you gotta sit back a little. Yeah, you gotta get used to your new mic. Yeah, I'm too close. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, you don't have oh. to be. You're right there. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right, I'll stay right here. Judd's got a he's got a fancy lad mic. Hey guys, yeah. you're handsome right now. Yeah, he's got a handsome voice now. I was getting too close. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You gotta take it down a little yeah. bit. You gain. <laughs> you got too many gains. <laughs> we are here today to talk about. Season 1, episode 14 of The Twilight Zone, with an air date of January 8th, 1960. Third from the sun. Two families of government employees plan to steal a spaceship and travel to another planet just prior to a nuclear war. They must also deal with a stooge who wants to stop them. What do we think? Did not like it. Big fan of it. Big fan? I, I was expecting something else to happen the entire episode, and it just never happened. Feel like it just went down the you know total predictable route, and the way he picks up his head <laughs> in the window is the the worst thing I've seen in this entire series so far. After they're talking, <laughs> it's like it's cartoony. It's it's it was really really bad. Would you want like an like an ending like it's always sunny the the gang broke D. <laughs> the boss just shows up. <laughs> He's gonna kill himself. <laughs> I don't even know what I what I wanted, but yeah. What kind I, of ending did you were you looking for? I, I don't I don't know something different. I guess. What'd you think was gonna happen that didn't happen? I didn't think it was gonna be as simple as like they're just trying to get away and and this guy stops them and then they don't get away. They do get away. What? Do you not understand yeah. what happened? What are you talking about, Chad? They get away? Yeah. They're not oh. from Earth. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I'm, I was confused in both episodes. <laughs> oh. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were Martian people. Okay. Well, where are they? I don't know where they were what? from. They're somewhere. But they were headed to the say. third yeah, rock yeah. from the sun. Right, right, right. Earth. Yeah. Yeah, and John Lithgow was there. That's where John Lithgow is from. <laughs> it's a proto battle star essentially yeah yeah didn't love it <laughs> i uh I, I really enjoyed it i thought a maybe it's just me i i thought this was the most beautifully shot episode of the show to date for me uh very deep focusy greg tolandy type photography uh mixed with like really stark close-ups uh, I thought it was beautiful, for, like especially in the house. Like there was just a lot of use of uh, the space. So I had to look up the DP's name, 
Harry Wild because I'm like, what the fuck? This is a stylish episode for what otherwise was, you know, you know, kind of wrapped up in the mundane for the first chunk. Uh, you know, the episode starts where he's going to, he's leaving work at the same factory that Joe versus the volcano starts in. I'm not arguing that with you. Yeah, Harry, but can he do the job? I know he can get the job, but can he do the job? Did anybody get that vibe? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> beginning is uh, Will Sterka, played by Fritz Weaver, great actor. Uh, is coming out of a, 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 is that a military base or it just seems like a place where a lot of people do stuff. It's, it's like a military sort of research facility. He goes and has a cigarette. And was it his boss, the guy who, uh, Carling, his, uh, that guy was just, or was he just a dick? Did he, like, was he a boss or was he just a guy who was just kind of a dick? I think he was like a security officer. He was also very sweaty, too, when he first came in. Very the sweaty. So I said, I said oh, already... Frank's going to like this. Because when, when that guy first came through the gate and he lit a cigarette, I was like, hmm, not enough sweat. But then he got joined by a very sweaty band. So I said, oh, yeah, there we so... go. That makes up for it. While we're talking here, I bet the military's getting all set. Got it all mapped out, I bet. Talk is 48 hours. You wait and see if I'm not right. 48 hours, we'll have them aloft. Then whoosh, up, over, and whammo. There goes the enemy. See, see, see we, we broke it up into parts now. You have one guy who was agitated and one man who was sweaty. So I'm just, mm. Mm. <laughs> And of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm the meat in that sandwich. Oh, no. <laughs> a double helping of... Uh, yeah. Pushkutta. <laughs> pushkutta. Frank's the pushkutta and the, the sweaty sandwich. The sweaty agita <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> And his boss just casually tells him, he's like, hey, so you down for that nuclear war that starts tomorrow? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I guess. He's like, not really. He's like, you shouldn't tell people that. Obliterated, finished. But what are they doing in the meantime? What do you mean, what are they doing? Probably retaliating the best way they can. <laughs> it's a big waste of time, let me tell you. We get the first licks, so they can't do much. They can go whoosh, up, over, and whammo. Absolutely. But not so many. Not so properly aimed. Not so skillfully carried out. So instead of losing 50 million people, we lose only 35, hmm? You a defeatist, Sterka? That's dangerous thinking. You better mind what you say. And what I think, too, hmm? Yeah. And what you think. You should be happy that you're <laughs> going to die in an apocalypse. <laughs> he's, he's kind of really surprised that somebody would be happy, like over the moon, the fact that the society's about to collapse and end tomorrow. He goes home and he meets his, his uh, neighbor, Jerry. Well, at first he talks to his daughter. Who is like, a, I, I, who I thought was his wife because it was just weird initially. Yeah, she way. was. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little handsy. In the beginning, yeah, little hands. Oh, the dancing was a little weird. Yeah, so you want to dance? Before we even had our dance, like what's happening here? Oh no, you don't. Not before we have our dance. Some other time, honey. Wait a minute. I didn't care. Sixties were were weird, huh? Yeah. Get away. Sixties Martians were very strange. Yeah. We should know we're not on Earth. That's another fun thing about this episode for me. There's little weird hints throughout the episode. Spoilers that we're not on Earth. Like with the technology and the way things are working, 
like the radio yeah. he puts on. It's like that's not or, or the phone they answer. Oh, the like, phone the looks phone. weird. I was like, what's with that phone? Did they have phones like that back then? I was like, is that are they doing? Because I have a fucking hard on for. Uh... Oh my god! I just threw up. Hold on. <laughs> just threw up a little bit. Well, I cut that out. A little seven up. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> please, please don't put that. You'll ruin. Leave me. that. You'll Leave ruin that. me. <laughs> I confused two episodes. We're leaving the seven up. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, what it's called, like the like the retro futurism shit. Yeah. Like I love that stuff. Like back in the fucking sixties, the old sixties cartoons were like in the nineteen nineties. We people we, we fly in car and they show the 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 like the Jetsons and shit. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love all that. So I there's thought, a, like, I said, oh, are they doing that in this episode? There's a great channel on YouTube, Picks and Portraits, and it's just compilations of, like, 50s, 60s, and 70s yeah. retrofuturism. Just like, oh, I love it. I Oh, I could watch that all night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like little that. hints. It's like little technological hints, especially when they go into a flying saucer at the end. Yeah. It's right. like, oh, wait, oh, wait a so second. Something weird about sense. that. Um, so he meets his friend Jerry after he, you know, he flirts with his daughter. And he tells his wife <laughs> and they they've been hatching a plan to take an, uh, a secret uh, military experimental spacecraft. They're going to heist it to get the fuck off this rock because, you know, shit's about to go down. So, you know, they spend their time as well as they can by playing bridge. They have like a nice little like old people party where it turns into that 70s show where the camera's whipping around everybody as they're playing, hmm. they're, they're talking about their hands. And uh, the sweaty boss shows up. It's like, you guys playing cards? You should be in bed. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. Like, why is this? <laughs> I'm not at work, sir. You could talk to my union rep about this. I don't know why you're in my house asking for lemonade. And Well, Stucker, little cards tonight, eh? Little cards, Carling. We're just about to cut into a cake. You care to join us? Well, thank you. Just a little lemonade for me. I was just telling your wife that she makes wonderful lemonade. Hot night, too. This is a night for a front porch or sleep, but nothing else. <laughs> Getting all up in my grill and looking at my papers and taking my cigarettes. He comes in and he says, well, you should be in bed. World ends tomorrow. Well, have a good day. Better not leave. And with that, like, we got to get out of here. That guy's insufferable. We got to get on this planet. That guy's being a total dick. Then they get a call from the space phone saying, you got to come to work now. And he's like, let's the get out of here. Now. Yeah, they get on. He gets on. He gets a call from work from the space phone from the boss who just left. I know I was just at your house, but now you have to come back to work. So they go to where the experimental spacecraft is, and the the sweaty dick boss is there with a gun. He's like, you're not going anywhere. You're going to die with all of us. And they wrestle his gun out of his hand. They take the spaceship, and they leave the, the surly bounds of Earth. As they're navigating their course in space, they're having a nice conversation looking out the space window. They're saying, hey, where are we going? So we're going over there to a planet called Earth. And hey, we're not, we weren't on Earth the whole time. What uh, do you so, know? Um, I, a little fun thing, that uh, navigational sphere that they have at the bit in the middle of the ship, that's a prop from the movie Forbidden Planet. You see that thing pop up in a lot of science fiction movies around this time. Like That movie was like such a big watershed movie. And they spent a lot of money on the production for it, more so than most science fiction films that you see them. Warner Brothers would let a lot of productions use the props 
and the costumes from that movie for years you'd see that stuff show up in other movies so it was cool to see that in this so i enjoyed it i i don't know i thought it was beautifully atmospheric uh very tense when it needed to be the director took a what I think was kind of, it was rooted in the mundane, just people in their house for 90% of the episode playing cards. And he managed right. to like ring beautifully, like framed shots and some really like interesting direction out of that. Even when they're playing cards, they do the under, there's like Hitchcock shots in there. There's a lot of stuff. There's like I said, Greg Toland, you know, uh, Orson Welles DP. Like that guy was like cribbing off a lot of heavy hitting DPs uh, from that time. So it was, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Maybe the episode sucked. I don't know. It looked good. It looked nice. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought that was fun. Nice, fun twist. I, I've never seen this episode before. So, no, I never saw it either. Yeah, I, I was uh, surprised. It generally surprised me. I was like, oh, shit. Because I'm, I'm swept up in it. I'm like, oh, they have a flying saucer. Cool. Like the U.S. government's working on flying saucer. First, there was another thing. It's like that building they worked at. That did not seem like um, um, like an American work facility. Like you had buttons that like showed your you know work and rank, and it's like oh okay you're taking on like the military industrial complex. And again, this is why probably why a good reason why Serling grabs like does science fiction is like he just basically took on the the American military industrial complex and ramping up of tensions between the Soviets and just said here it's not Earth, so right. I, you know you you can't say I'm saying anything dissident. It's not Earth, so go nuts. Fun. I enjoyed it. My yeah. second favorite episode so far. Yes, really? John! Wow. I knew it! I knew I could count on John. Damn. Wow. The Lonely still, the lonely still has the belt because of how big that story was. I thought it was, like, masterfully told. I thought this one was excellent. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, the boss popping up was goofy. I think every episode can have some stuff that's just, like, unintentionally very goofy. So I agree that some of the boss scenes were a little like, uh, this is a little corny. But like everything I Frank said, I agree with. Like it's masterfully shot. The angles that are so off-putting, it's like off to the side and low. I thought yeah. all of that stuff was really cool. Um, the score, this is like the kind of the first time I noticed the score. When it, the boss shows up talking by the fence and it kicks in. And then periodically it'll come back in. So I thought the score was really good. And really, like going back to the Cold War thing, I mean, think about what people were really feeling in 1960. Yeah. Like this was a real thing. So at the time, what percentage of people thought like, yeah, the world could end? Probably a decent number. A lot of gas like, tonight. Even, well, like think about the the Russia-Ukraine thing, right? When it was like there was that window, that brief window of time where it's like, is something going to happen? Something big going to happen? Right. From this. Like, yeah, what percentage true. of people do you think actually thought something would happen? Very small, right? No one really thinks that could happen. 60, I got to think it's a pretty high number where this, where this feels real. This kind of feels like this could happen. Yeah. So I thought the tension of it, um, I thought the story, the way it was so condensed, you know, a lot of these stories, they go too big and it's kind of too sprawling. It doesn't feel focused. Mm. I love that they kept it with like these couple people in this family so that that's the world we're just with them and all the tension is them trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do and they, I, yeah i agree because the ending for time enough at last i knew that one right that's like the iconic one i knew that ended but this yeah. one i was like oh that's perfect yeah they're going to earth that's that's a great twist and i didn't know so because i had never seen this episode before so i thought sterko was great oddly enough i'm watching this episode i'm like oh fuck this guy looks so familiar the day after we did the burbs 
because we mentioned Black Sunday in the burbs, I watched Black he's, Sunday. He's, oh, and I was like, it. fuck, that's Sturka. Uh, so I had yeah. just seen his face like within two weeks, just like a very odd coincidence. And I thought the acting was really good because a lot of acting in this show can be very big, which is fun. I, I like it. This is like this is the most subtle acting I've seen overall. I agree, like the, I agree the boss is a little corny, but like I thought Sturka was great. He's really good. Well, Fritz Weaver is great. Like the way I remember him the most, like the my like where I said I know this motherfucker. Where I finally figured out where he was from is like, oh, he's Hal Holbrook's friend in Creepshow, the one mm-hmm. who helps him uh, disappear, uh, Adrian Barbeau. Mm-hmm. All right. The one he plays also, chess Day of the Dolphin. Time. If anyone's seen Day of the Dolphin. Fa fa no good fa. <laughs> that's a weird the- movie. Not that you should see Day of the Dolphin, but I don't that's, think I've ever seen that. So yeah. you don't you don't need to. It's just one of his few credits. Who's that director? Michael, the guy Mike directed Nichols. Mike Nichols. Oh, so it's Mike Nichols and Buck yeah. Henry. Their two previous yeah. collaborations are The Graduate and Catch Twenty Two. Two incredible films. Graduate's like an all timer, and I think Catch Twenty Two is an underrated masterpiece. And then they said, "Let's what's what are we gonna do? A talking dolphin? What? Far? Why does Far speak? Yes. Why Far speak? Why does Far speak to Far? No. With George C. Scott giving his all as he always does. Far, no good Far. What? No, the the, mm-hmm. the dolphin's name is Alpha, but it can only say Far. Because Beta's its its a uh, girlfriend. No fa. Don't take the bomb fa. It's a tasty fish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I loved it. I, I I had a lot of fun. Just visually, this was so beautifully shot, and just a lot of fun. I don't know. This is so I don't know der- what else you want. Uh, Twilight Zone. Pieces of shit. Yeah, I agree. It's like what? Because what do you really want from the show? Honestly, like yeah. what, what? 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 For you guys, what's the best episode so far? Uh, so far for me, the lonely is probably my favorite episode so far. Perchance the dream is still my favorite because it's filthy. <laughs> I think uh, probably walking distance <laughs> so far. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get merch made? Like, we'll have, like, a cartoon representation. I can't get hard. <laughs> It'll just stay hard. <laughs> that needs to happen. <laughs> Zoning out. People are so confused. That's just about Twilight Zones? Yeah, no. Stay hard. <laughs> the best episode about impotence. That's the best story I've ever seen about <laughs> in my life. Oh, God. <laughs> What did you think of it, Chris? I was lukewarm on it until the end. I really liked the end. I really liked, you know, because I said the same thing when they got on the UFO. I said, wait a minute. What is this? I thought maybe the twist would have been any UFO sightings or anything. It's like, ah, it's just been the government the whole time. But yeah. And once they got on that flying saucer thing and it was. How was he flying that with a microscope? Does anyone understand how he was flying the flying saucer with a microscope? I love understand the tech. I love science fiction of this. That it's like it's literally the art department. So like, I just put a bunch of shine shit all over the place and just call it a day. He was just sitting in a console, just looking into a microscope, just twisting knobs. 
Seems well, that's how well, that, that's literally the prop from Forbidden Planet. It's like that seems a little unwieldy to have a big glass dome with a, like a, a small version of your ship in there. And yeah, isn't there better ways to do that. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Buck Houghton, who's who's the producer, he said uh, he's talking about the director. He said he used wide angle lens all the time on the theory that if you're going to tell people in the end that they weren't on Earth, you should have a peculiar feeling while you're getting there. You should have been made a little restless or uncomfortable. And while Dick was a very straightforward sort of director, he'd have he'd have to have a big reason not to use an eye level camera. He was shooting up under tables and past flashlights to people's faces and all that sort of thing, which I thought was very clever, clever of him. It was an idea of his that I applauded. It was the for me, it was the coolest shot episode so far. Yeah, easy. I just thought it was really creative. His name is Dick Bear. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem safe. It was a different time. Yeah, they would change that now. <laughs> so just call me Steve or something. Just <laughs> I'm Dick Rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name from the the bad guy, Carling? You know who that is, right? No. It's, I feel uh, like Mi- I recognize him. It's Mr. Corbin from Gremlins, the bank manager. No way. Yeah. Mrs. Jekyll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Mrs. Jekyll. <laughs> Hell, you know better than bring a dog into here. Yeah. Killed in yeah. a deleted scene. What? He was killed in a deleted scene. I did, oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, he sees the, the, they smash his head in with a, a clock from the bank. Oh. <laughs> well, I had a fun weekend. <laughs> I can't tell that story. No. Uh, well, I could tell this story. I was at the New York Horror Film Festival this weekend. Uh, oh, I didn't ask you anything about that. Oh, it was crazy. I went... Because uh, the the Levies, Michael Levy and his brother Jason Levy, uh, directed a short film that premiered there. And you know, since they helped, they you know, Michael came on our show uh, and did that interview. I wanted to go there and kiss the ring, say, "Listen, thank you, sir, for all that you've done for me and my family, <laughs> and may your first child be a masculine one." And it was nice. So that was fun. So I saw that short and a feature called Candyland, which was wild. Uh, it's about lot lizards in the 90s. And, and there's a serial killer uh, uh, killing Johns. Oh, and, he's not uh, targeting lot lizards. Well, he start, they start targeting everybody eventually. And Billy Baldwin's in it, who's amazing. And he really? plays a, uh, yeah, he plays like a crooked cop who uh, goes in for rough trade with uh, one of the, the fellows that work the lot. Great movie. Really good. I, hmm. I, I can't wait for people to see this once it comes out. I was trying to grab uh, the actress, the lead, for an interview. You know, that's my new thing. I have a show. Uh, we have a spinoff here at the Zoning Out, uh, The Scum of the Earth. Check that out. And uh, I was trying to grab her, but she ran too fast. She was like, her walk sp- I, to match her walk speed, I'd have to run, and then I'm just chasing a woman in a public place. Yeah, and that's not good. That. Nothing new for you. I'm like an ambulance chaser for interviews now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be weird. I, I should have brought Deborah so it wouldn't look weird. It's like, look, my wife's with me. It's not weird. <laughs> this, isn't, this, this, isn't this isn't another victim. This isn't another victim. I can't put that in. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, oh, funny things happened to me this weekend. <laughs> 
Just leave it at that, folks. Oh, funny. Now a word from our sponsor. Check out the home decorating savings at Menard. <clears throat> oh, God, I'm not watching this game again. Yes, I know. It's terrible. Terrible. I'm telling you, it was a solid seven. Guys! Guys! What? What is it? Why are you out of breath? Guys! Guys! You know what the score to the Nick game is? <laughs> what a bozo. Guys! Guys! We have got ourselves a sponsor! <laughs> God. That's right, folks. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Far West Press and Maverick indie filmmaker Kansas Bowling. We go way back with Miss Bowling, don't we, guys? Yes, sir. As the time of this recording, about one week. First up, for those who hate writing letters, there's pre-written letters for your convenience, pre-written by Kansas alongside her sister and frequent co-conspirator Parker Love Bowling. A series of increasingly specific and absurd letters that are meant to be cut out and sent to the people in your life. If you're like me, and I know I am, this book will tickle your funny bone and caress your aching knees. Next up is the companion book to Miss Bowling's upcoming film Cuddly Toys, the aptly named A Cuddly Toys Companion. All kidding aside, I was shown a screen of this film, and it is nothing short of a masterpiece. Oh, don't worry, folks. You're gonna hear a you're gonna hear a lot more about this film from me in the coming months. I was genuinely floored by it. This book follows the harrowing and often hilarious adventures Kansas and crew went on in making this soon-to-be classic. If you love film, filmmaking, and crazy behind-the-scenes stories, this book delivers all that in spades. And fret not, you needn't be familiar with Mrs. Bowling's Ovier. How do you say over? Am I saying over right? Over? Yeah. You don't need to be familiar with Miss Bowling's over <laughs> to enjoy this pair of books. You must simply be of unusually high intelligence and distractingly attractive, which is how I see our audience in my mind's eye. But now is your chance to prove it with action by heading on over to farwestpress.com and picking up pre-written <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers. And picking up pre-written letters for your convenience and a cuddly toys companion. While you're out, check out kansas-bowling.com to see what goings-on she's up to lately. You'll be supporting our shows by supporting our new sponsors, Kansas Bowling and farwestpress.com. Thank you for listening, folks. I love you. I think I got it. I have a mustache now. Uh, for those who can't see me. I've had a mustache. And really... Uh, Brings strong reactions from people, the mustache. People don't like the mustache. It angers people like Uncle Buck's hat. <laughs> right, well, how was your week? We haven't recorded for a week. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't talked to anybody. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard from we haven't heard from John. John's been radio silence for the past yeah, week. Yeah, what have you been doing, dude? I just needed a break from the podcast stuff. Like the amount of editing, I just needed to, to detox. Yeah. It's a good just draft class. Was, draft class like took over my life. I just needed to <laughs> get off. I just needed to stop for that, a minute, honestly. That's where I am with Scum of the Earth right now. It's just like, I, because like we were doing all that, we were recording so much. I backed up. I got backed up with like eight episodes. I'm like, I got to start editing these things. They're just piling yeah. up. Well, John, you've been busy. I've gotten so many notifications about the draft class and. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like 15 episodes up there that haven't, haven't even started yet. I said, holy shit, what the hell's he been doing, this guy? That's what I'm saying. I needed to just... Yeah. You, I, just needed, I just needed a break. Unplug. I've been hunting interviews like crazy. I haven't recorded on Thanksgiving. I haven't Did seen really? this. Yeah, I had to because I, I grabbed Barry J. Gillis, who's the director of Things, and he's Canadian, and I don't know how to look at a calendar, so... 
I just grabbed him. I said, I like, he's like, Hey, how's the 24th doing for you? And I'm like, it's good as any day. And it's Thanksgiving. So I, I had to take my Mac desktop to my, my, my in-laws house. Oh my God. So I had to like, you know, sat on the floor at nine o'clock on Thanksgiving, talking to the director of things, which honestly was the best way I could have spent Thanksgiving. It was so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. So what did you do, Justin? I haven't done anything. Literally nothing. Nothing creative. Just sitting in my own filth, working, hanging out. We got big plans coming for Haunted next year. Oh, yeah. I heard. Big plans. Big plans. And we have some other things cooking. Yes. Yeah. When are we going to announce that? The thing. Well, I I vaguely announced it on Haunted American History mm. that seclusion is coming. Seclusion is coming. What's that? Oh, oh you'll see. Yes. Oh, you're here more actually. actually. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get that seclusion. I'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll show you. Yeah. So we've been busy bees. Yeah. So I was just running around, just trying to get because it's weird it's like it's a different format interviews are weirder than this because uh, it's this we just watched the episode and just yeah you know, okay what'd you think of the episode it was good and then it's just like interviews are just a lot it's just messy you know yeah it's uh, you know there's phone calls there's emails what draftcrats is uh launching uh this thursday this thursday it's snl for a couple of weeks mm. I, I, that wasn't the plan but when you do a four-hour podcast you got to split it up you recorded that all in one session yeah Holy shit. Oh, you it was awesome. I mean, I love it. Poor man. (laughs) I couldn't, I want, I was so bummed that I couldn't be a part of it, but I was just like, I got, I'm like, my plate was full. Cause this started out as like a fun little, like, hey, yeah, we come out and talk about the Twilight Zone. Now it's like, it's it's, totally monopolized everyone's life. It's it's monopolized all our lives. I listened to the first episode. There's a lot of questionable picks in that first episode. Uh, Dana Dana Carvey as a number one was a real brave, brave. Listen, I love chopping broccoli more than anybody else, but I don't think I was taking Dana Carvey number one. Over far, they let you get Farley. I was yeah, John. Was you screaming. hit the fucking lotto. I was screaming. You did get Farley. I got dude. I I got Farley at four. That's like getting Jordan number three. I mean, crazy. I can't believe I can't, still can't believe it happened. Yeah, I'm like I'm like for me that's the jaw. Like Farley's the jaws. He's the jaws of that one. Of course he is. Of I mean, course he is. I mean, yeah, Phil Hartman. You can make the but, argument. I mean, you can make the, yeah, argument. Yeah, the argument. Yeah, I'm not gonna slap the dick out of your mouth if you pick Paul Hartman. You know what I mean? It's just like. <laughs> but my goodness, Dana Carver, you could have saved a round two. Oh, easy. That's like picking Mike Myers. I mean, I can't believe how many are we in you. This is the third one that's going to be up. Well, the third two, one right? was today, oh. and the fourth one is Thursday. See, what oh I don't understand that many out already? How has Ellen Clayborn yeah. not been picked up yet? <laughs> what do you mean? Has anybody picked Charles Rocket yet? All right, cue the Congo jokes. Amy, good gorilla. Stop eating my sesame cake. I need those diamonds, Dr. Ross. Are you for real? Why are they putting on parachutes? Figure it out. Bag full shit. I, I gave it a nine. Really? Uh, yeah. I might have to give it a nine. Second ten. favorite so far. I'm giving it a nine. I'm right with you, John. Giving seven. it a nine. Jesus Christ. Take it a seven. Well, everything's a seven with you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, I haven't found anything. No, uh, what you would call it wasn't. That other one that I liked. I don't remember the name of it. Like I said, <laughs> the, fuck, <laughs> the fuck was the name of it? Oh, The Lonely. The Lonely. The Lonely, I gave, uh, I think I might have given it. Or a nine. Yeah, we had a couple of stinkers. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot, a, a lot of poop. This was actually needed. 
something of this quality for me because the last two were like disheartening for me. They were just like, especially that last one, which was the four of us. Four of us were dying. Yeah, we that was we. I don't know how we pulled up. That was the funniest episode episode we've ever done, though. It was the funniest episode because of how desperate we were to fill the time with anything that made sense. Like it was just like I don't know some some creep. Keeps picking faces that get him shot, and then he gets shot. An idiot. When I when I'm asking you to do like a William Hurt impersonation, you know it's going bad. <laughs> yeah, the wet we're, we're we're scraping we're scraping the bottom. Which, of the bat, by right? the way, you nailed. You, it was a good impersonation, by the way. Yeah. I thought you, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's a William Hurt because nobody does a William Hurt impersonation. <laughs> no, should they? Did anybody ever get to watch Welcome Home, Jelly Bean? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God. Why is everybody so gassy tonight? What's happening? (laughs) We're falling apart here. I'm spotting like crazy, but my mic. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta keep that in. My my mic's good. Spotting like crazy. (laughs) Yes. And now, Mr. Serling. There's a Longfellow poem. I shot an arrow into the air. It fell to earth. I know not where. In our story next week, we shoot a spaceship into the air. And where it fell, only you and I will know. Starring will be Mr. Dewey Martin, Mr. Edward Benz. Next week, we promise you a most exciting journey into space. Don't miss the takeoff. Thank you and good night.